Tassa Bhagavato Rahato Samma Sambhutasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Samma Sambhutasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Samma Sambhutasa Udhang Dhammang Sanghang Vasami And when the heart is uh, not secure or settled, it easily either sinks into into dullness, into a kind of uh, inactive, passive state, or it gets hyperactive around its obsessions and concerns. <laughs> this is uh, why we have to be quite uh, uh, conscious and really take hold of the of the heart, the citta, and feed it and steer it and attend to it uh, so that it's properly supervised when the heart is not settled and secure, when it doesn't know itself, when it doesn't feel its own stability or centeredness, which is often the case for uh, particularly when we start retreats, the uh, mind can feel really unsettled. So, often the, the processes of settling uh, can be uh, cultivated through uh, recollection. Sometimes the jitter doesn't have the strength to stay steady in something that happens involuntarily, such as breathing in and out, because jitter can't get hold of it. It doesn't stay with it, so you have to introduce, deliberately introduce thought, so which thought just touches it very directly. Thoughts and thoughts and perceptions are the easiest things that we can create. So we create skillful thoughts and skillful perceptions. Thoughts are like uh, words, ideas, and perceptions are meanings. And the difference being that uh, you can read a book and you get a string of thoughts, but as you read the book, you know, you read the newspaper, four or five impressions, oh, anxiety, oh, uh, interesting, or exciting you get so you get the string of words but then you also get the meaning as you read an article in a newspaper you get the meaning of oh something to worry about you know or something to be uh, uh, angry about these are bad people so you get the words and you get the meanings the meanings are perceptions uh, uh, and they always have an emotional tone to them emotional tone and these emotional tones are the things that strike the citta so when we cultivate recollection we may consider such topics as the Buddha and the Buddha, well Buddha, yeah, so what but then you come back again you think of the Buddha and you get an idea of the Buddha and you reflect upon it until you get the impression the meaning of an enlightened being someone who has a heart of compassion deep wisdom and you let that settle and your jitta picks that up and mo- at least momentarily it feels uplifted by that and there are various topics of recollection 
we can rec so these is uh, uh, such as the triple gem and then recollecting one's death as its inevitable mortality and then recollect that so we may think I'm going to die you know, you know, when they'll be but then you think about it again you think well, what does that mean that means yeah maybe uncomfortable uh, uh, losing my senses uh, feeling helpless I don't know where I'm going uh, you know well you get the impression something really stirs the heart and we feel we feel all oh, right better make good t- use of the time now well, we still do have energy, we do have sense faculties, we still have some health. Let's not waste the time so that we're not just fooling around in our lives but actually using our life purposefully. So re- recollecting mortality can be helpful like that. Bringing to mind and recollecting um, admirable people, people you know, and you recollect admirable qualities they have touch you, that you feel grateful for or inspired by, you bring it back again and again and again until you get the meaning so when you think of someone who you admire you don't necessarily have to think of their their shape or their hair or everything they do you just get the impression what this person means to you and that's the perception and you feel uh, a friend, reliable uh, cares for me supports me uh, someone gives a good example and you get that's the perception the perception sits in the heart and you feel oh yeah Jitta lifts up heart lifts up it's also encouraged to recollect your own good deeds and you may think well what's that so <laughs> uh, so for example on retreat one of the great occasions is that we've all committed to the precepts so you can recollect that uh, precepts aren't very popular but in human beings by and large precepts are not popular at all <laughs> and now you've got at least eight of them and uh, with most people a lot of people don't have one of them <laughs> you have eight so you can these are considered treasures you recollect you think oh no, no creature need fear me because I don't harm or destroy creatures. And you think, how lovely just to be able to walk around and feel creatures don't have to fear me. And you have a sense of uh, contentment and happiness with that. Yeah. And you've sustained that. Uh, uh, and we have, uh, no one need, they can put their bags down, their wallets down, I won't take it. People can feel safe with me. And maybe also having cultivated um, noble silence. I haven't said anything stupid today. (laughs) 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 Or gossip, or slander, or attack somebody. Great, you know, it's a clean day. And you feel, oh, nothing to regret about anything I've said today because I haven't said anything. (laughs) So we, we can consider things such as this and, and you know, the, the idea is then you, you recollect the meaning of it you know, just what it's like to have refrained from unskillful action that oh, it's not what you did it's what you didn't do and this is the 
uh, often the standard in in uh, certainly in moral uh, uh, training is you you notice what you didn't do, which at first you don't notice because you normally notice what you do. But the first effort is to not do. Uh, it's to actually refrain from doing unskillful things and to notice you can do that and the effect of having refrained from that this is yeah. and to, to point your attention to it this is skillful recollection to both bring up a topic and point your attention to it and cultivate what's called deep attention or careful attention or wise attention attend to things that are worth attending to <laughs> not to any old thing but select and ponder and keep repeatedly turning your attention to qualities that are worth attending to that are useful for you that, that uplift you that remind you that urge you that encourage you that comfort you and so this way the chitta becomes more settled and, and stabilized and we really begin to see oh yeah really print this on your mind print it there these are the qualities that we should uh, we should learn uh, and, and, and attune to so you always then look around for any occasion when you can perfect those qualities you, know, you look for occasions when you can possibly you know express or do it make a gesture of goodwill because you know the results of that and it's something you can remember and your chitta becomes filled and healed and comforted by the quality of goodwill the times you've refrained from ill will yeah, from gossip from accusation from retorts from impatience you know, this heated uh, erratic uh, thinking and speech you refrain from it relief then you place some sense of mudita congratulation and amodana to have cultivated a little bit and this way when you whatever you give your attention to and systematically and deeply attend to begins to become established as an aspect of what sustains and supports your mind sustains and supports your heart it becomes established, it becomes learned and you go in those directions you both act in those directions, you speak in those directions, you think in those directions because they, the heart begins to know this is where my welfare lies so from a thought to a perception so you get the meaning of it so the heart resonates and is satisfied with that and then of course we look around for ways in which we can act upon those um, those qualities and so you build up skillful dhammas and by and large this is the kind of practice that we can uh, uh, encourage to sustain through our day uh, you say what do you do your, your, your job is building skillful dhammas <laughs> your, 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 your job is growing skillful dhammas in the world that you can enjoy and of course they're dhammas that other people will enjoy when you manifest them and speak them and act upon them so you think well everybody benefits from this yeah. 
And the jitta is made strong in those qualities and it becomes easy to sit with it. It becomes easy to go into it. It becomes easy to meditate on it because it is comfortable and satisfied. And this is the skill of recollection. It becomes <laughs> very important because most, many of, most of the time we have unskillful recollection or, or damaged recollection. We remember painful things. We remember ugly things. We remember things that have hurt us. We remember things we've done wrong. Yeah. And these become, uh, these also because the mind learns these. So when we haven't got anything to do, the mind goes to these places where we were hurt or frightened or annoyed or angry and goes there again and again. And so it learns this and it goes there again and again and we feel negative and irritable or despondent, or we lose confidence in ourselves. This is the nature of, of, of citta and sankhara. The sankhara are the actions of the citta. So if we're, we can cultivate skillful sankharas, such as uh, uh, the intention to goodwill, the intention to purity, the recollections, and you're encouraged to cultivate those that sustain and strengthen the heart, but otherwise, we could, the, the sankharas that continue are those that, that um, have become established either through karma, uh, through, through uh, unskillful actions, or just through actions that have been done to you, that you remember. Well, they become, jitta remembers them, it goes back to them. It seeks security, it seeks happiness, and it Oh, that's wrong. Yeah. 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 And so it goes to the piece that's wrong. This is a nature of the citta. So it's like if you come into this uh, a house or room like this and you think, I really want a perfectly, perfectly, uh, perfectly designed building and I want the paintwork to be immaculate. You look around and oh, that bit's wrong. You don't, oh, this is okay, but that's the piece you notice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do you notice that? When, you, when you're looking for the right thing, you notice the pieces are wrong. You go to the, uh, you want a nice pe- uh, item of clothing. Oh, stain there. There's a stain. Oh. Yeah, most of it's okay, but there's three centimeters of stain that you notice, the rest of it you don't notice, it sticks out. Because you're looking for this uh, perfect thing, and this is the nature of the jitta. It sees the wrong things, things that concern it and bother it. So we're very sensitive to the, the unsatisfactoriness, the dukkha. It's ext- extremely sensitive to it, uh, and the jitta easily goes to that. So the untrained mind will tend to go to its dukkha. <laughs> it goes to its, uh, what it doesn't have, what it wants, what it's frustrated by, uh, what it's been hurt by, memories of difficult uh, relationships we've had, or uh, unskillful things we've done. And it goes there, and it goes there, and it makes much of them, and it absorbs into its dukkha. 
This is the nature of Sankara. Sankara are like the impulses or the intentions or the the mood, the mind, the, those which, those actions and energies that create mind states. Yeah? Uh, these are like are dynamic, and they they conjure up mind states. Chitta Sankara conjures up images and mind states. Yeah? So it, it's the nature of it, and it becomes it's dynamic, it's active, and it becomes habitual. It's like a gramophone record that gets stuck. It's habitual. And because it's habitual and familiar, it becomes myself. Because there it is again. So it must be me. It's there a lot of the time, so it must be me and mine. This is what I am. So whatever is habitual and intimate and affects the chitta, so the chitta is stirred, that is experienced as mine. And Sankara does that. It's rather like you, uh, the way this happens is we take the analogy, say, if we have a piece of uncultivated land or which has got no pathways in it, and we get a pig, a wild pig comes through there and looks around and just... And it can smell water over the other side. It just goes barging through and it skirts around where it can smell a tiger. So it, it does a loop and it senses there's a swamp here. So it tracks around another way and it gets to where it wants to go. So it creates a path. Next day it does the same thing. And then it takes his piglets down there. They create a path. And then the whole herd of pigs go down that path. They create a path. Yeah. And a man comes along looking to get across the land and he sees this track. He thinks, oh, this must be the track. So he goes down there and he brings his friends along. And he gets a cart and drives it along. They go the same route. So eventually this track becomes large and deeply embedded in, in, the, in the land. And then they make a road there and build some houses there. It becomes fully established. Till eventually there's no way you can go across this land except down this track. <laughs> it's, the, it's the easy way. So everybody goes down that track and it becomes well established. This is like Sankara, like that. It starts off, something happens and your mind jumps down that direction. I didn't like that at all. I didn't like that at all. So it goes down it again. That really was wrong. I didn't like that at all. So it goes down it again. And she should never have done that. That's terrible. So it goes down it again. And then, hmm, why do people do that to me? So it goes down it again. So every time you think it, it should go down the track again until the track is really well established. So eventually there's nowhere else that your mind can go except down that track because that's the, that's the immediate highway. And eventually... <laughs> Well, you've probably got a few of these tracks, you know, that the mind runs down. The uh, painful memories, obsessive desires, fears, worries about oneself, about what people think of you, and things that, you know, she doesn't like me, he doesn't like me. Mm. So you get down that track. Something wrong with me, 
and you go down that track and you build a house down it because <laughs> if you keep going down the track you might as well make yourself comfortable there so you <laughs> eventually you build a, a house on misery highway <laughs> so as soon as you open the door you go straight down the track again <laughs> there's no other, no other road that goes there Wow, why is life so difficult? You know? So, so the when we talk about going forth, it means leaving these houses behind. These are the houses we need to leave, not these physical buildings, but these constructions in our mind, where the mind hangs out all the time, with it down the false path, the path of dukkha, the path of craving, the path of fear, the path of uh, aversion, yeah? the path of being offended and hurt, the path of painful memories. Yeah? And so those, those are the pathways and we, we end up building houses there. So that as soon as you, you sit down, open your door, there it is again. <laughs> Have you noticed that? <laughs> and the strange thing is that every time we go there we think, this time I'll get to the end of it. So we run down the road thinking, this time I'll get to the end of the road. I'll, I'll figure it out, I'll figure it out, I'll decide what's right and wrong, I'll figure it out. So we go down that road again, and again, and again. Uh, and so the mind gets habitually conditioned into running down these old dead ends. Because by now, you know, the lake that the pig went to has dried up. The tiger that it avoided has died. The swamp isn't there anymore. But we're still going down that same old track. <laughs> this is my life. This is the nature of what, we're, what we are dealing with, you know. Uh, this is not just you, it's everybody. This is the nature of jitta and sankara and sanya perception perception lands on the chitta and it knocks it the chitta jumps resonates and the sankara starts the oh what can I do about that think about it remember it worry about it fight with it struggle with it wonder where it came from yeah? so all this activity starts with just the <laughs> here it is again and so that's that's the sanya drops on the on the chitta, and uh, the nature of uh, the sankara and karma, which means his inheritances, is the chitta has these very sore spots where that it's been knocked many times. It's rather like an itch on your leg. As soon as you sit down, you feel the itch on your leg, and you scratch it. You don't feel the non-itch. You don't feel the non-itch on your arm. You don't feel the pieces that are settled. You feel that irritating itch. So you give, oh, give a scratch. Oh, that feels better. Oh, oh, now it's deeper. Yeah? Yeah. It's like that. Yeah? So it, it, there's something hypnotic about the mind's movement towards the painful, the sore spots of perception. That, uh, which we which we 
experience. And this perception happens. So you have someone who feels uh, worried and worried and inferior or intimidated. You say, "Oh, so she doesn't like me." I can tell because the way she looked, she doesn't like me. He doesn't like me either because he's not looking at me. And she doesn't like me because she's smiling at me, she's laughing at me. So, you know, when you establish the the perception, you interpret everything from that point of view. It's like this is when it's really a big itch. Everything lands on it and fits into that, that itch or it fits into that track that we've established. So it's so important to just learn how to check, block, stop, and find another track. Because if you can think about it, uh, worry about it, uh, but all the time you're scratching it. So instead you say, just, it's a bit painful right there. Just leave it alone until you're strong enough to put medicine on it. You don't need to keep scratching it. Where do you get the medicine from? Well, you turn your chitta somewhere else. Well, here's the quality of goodwill. Ah. I saw this act of kindness this person showed to this person. Was this beautiful? A sense of goodwill. I feel touched by that. You see the quality of of endeavor. Someone really trying, working hard. That's beautiful. Pick up that. First, sometimes it's just seeing other people's actions and uh, strengths and values that you pick them up and you oh, you feel inspired there's there's medicine and you chitter in that feels uplifted this is the where it be often where it begins and if you follow what that person that teacher or that guide is doing or you have the ins- you remember to do the same thing and you, you act in that way. You consider things in that way. You follow that way. And then the medicine is ten times stronger because you did it. Hmm? Yeah. Medicine is ten times stronger because your heart now starts to feel confident. It's not just other people who can be good, but this mind can also do good, sustain it. And it's good because it's not just because it's right, but because my heart is uplifted by it. My heart feels comforted by it. It doesn't cause strain and pressure to my heart. It takes strain and pressure off my heart. It doesn't make me obsessed with myself. It makes me feel light and open. I like this very much. This is good medicine. Let's make some more. <laughs> And this is the medicine of punya. Yeah. So we consider all skillful states, all skillful sankharas give rise to punya. And punya is the medicine. Yeah. 
and then we take that medicine and let the heart feed on it till it becomes so strong that this little scratch here doesn't really matter anymore my mind doesn't go there yeah. and it's not important it's just or this piece here, I've already touched it with the medicine and the pain of it has disappeared. You know, we may have painful memories and we have a medicine of the strong heart looks at that and thinks, yeah, that was difficult. Mm. Right. I think we'll refrain from that and any actions I've done, I'll let, ask forgiveness, let go and have a sense of forgiving or other people who may have acted in that way oh, that's and stay with that stay with that until you feel the heat of the pain begins to die down die down die down calm down uh, so uh, this is this deep healing is really the speciality of meditation. Because it's in meditation that uh, the heart is most fully directed and we put aside other input. We're not seeing things, reading things, thinking things, uh, figuring things out. We're just, by putting aside that, the heart is unified in a certain way and this unifying or play, bringing the mind together assembling its energies sustaining its energies uh, then when there is skillful uh, qualities the mind doesn't leak it doesn't drop those skillful qualities it stays with them and it's able to apply them to difficult places and some of this healing is, it can be a very um, powerful. I was remembering a, a story of a, a, a man who, who told me when he was uh, a, a little boy, he used to uh, be beaten every day by his mother or his father would had a stick and they would hit him every day, either because he was noisy or because he was untidy or he was late. And it was the way they dealt with it because they were, they were crazy people, messed up people. Their parents did it to them, <laughs> so it was part of the family tradition was to beat beat your kids. And the idea that would that, that would stop them behaving unskillfully, so they beat the child, and they had two or three sons, and they beat them all because the kids would play together and make a noise. So they had a stick. They didn't have a stick; they had a belt. They'd whip them with a belt, and sometimes his body would have been covered in cuts and, and um, uh, sores, bruises. And they'd go to school, and they'd say, what's happened? And he would lie, because he felt too ashamed. So he'd tell a lie, but he got, oh, so the result of this, he became very aggressive and very anxious about his own security as a, as a young person. He said, I used to... I was get so so frightened and depressed that if I was on a street and a bus came along, I'd have to hold on to the lamppost to make sure I didn't throw myself under the bus because <laughs> I hated I hated my life so much. Yeah, so he was in such a such a difficult state, and fortunately he met a teacher 
who was able to relate to him just a fairly simple uh, straightforward man who was able to give him some direct inspiration and you know, talk realistically because his life was a complete mess he was drinking he was uh, aggressive he was lying he was playing around with women he was not faithful and he's, he realized he just I, you know, I, I hate myself so much uh, because I so he man managed to you know get him to start keeping precepts <laughs> one or two at least <laughs> build it up you know to, to collect the mind and make it feel there was something that he could do that was skillful and eventually he was learned to meditate to some degree to be able to sit still and meditate and this, because his mind was just got peaceful enough that he could actually sit with himself before he couldn't even sit with himself it's just too difficult but he gradually became so he could sit and one day he was sitting and he could feel this uh, pain emotional stress and he looked at his arms and all these sores started appearing on his arms which came from this memory it actually was still the memory of these oh, um, punishments was actually embedded in his body and it rise to the surface of his body and he had all these scars and wounds come breaking out on his body and he just started uh, crying a lot but it was like a, a healing process yeah. and he said he was sitting next to the, the curtain and he was so desperate he held on to the curtain and as he held on to the curtain it turned into his mother's skirt and he could feel the sense of just a little boy want, wanting some love from his mother mm -hmm. just this uh, just had a uh, big um, or the sanya uh, so sanya memory and it's not just uh, it even goes into the body the body remembers and so sometimes when people have very difficult times the body starts to feel uncomfortable even sick confused uh, tension builds up because of the the pain uh, has of the chitta has implanted itself in the body so some things are, are, are that deep and we should always bear in mind that whatever touches the chitta it also affects the body the chitta and the body are established together so just as we, when we feel angry we feel this heat rush through our body when we feel happy we feel a certain lightness occur in the body when we feel friendly, we feel a certain warmth and openness. When we feel frightened, we feel a certain defensiveness and hardness. So, and these are pretty obvious, but um, it's the case that anything that retouches and moves the chitta leaves some effect in the body. And it, it's off, this is just something to bear in mind. So you're sitting there thinking, I feel tired, I feel really groggy. And blah, blah, blah. And these are just, we say, oh, this is old karma. This is old, old memories still placed in your body. And um, don't think about it, but try to apply 
skillful medicine. The skillful medicine is not going to be thinking about it, worrying about it, but just holding your body steady and upright and bringing in skillful recollections. Things that uplift the heart, uplift the mind, dwelling in it and staying with it and, uh, and repeatedly. I often recommend that this this process is so uh, mixed between body and, and mind that if you uh, develop or you cultivate mindfulness of breathing it's very helpful to when, whenever you're cultivating mindfulness of breathing to first bring up skillful state skillful mental state uh, a skillful memory a skillful perception that lifts the heart and then as you feel that that's when you attend to breathing because the breathing carries that message into the body it carries that message of uplift into the body and so if we're just sitting there miserable and then the breath carries that into your body <laughs> so it's very important to attend wisely attend wisely so meditation then is not just an obsession uh, where you just get focus on something blindly and you get obsessed with it it means you apply skillful attention to select train, recollect and the Buddha himself said well first of all I reviewed my thoughts and I put aside thoughts associated with cruelty, with malice, with sensuality. I noticed them. I noticed them in myself. I noticed the people that act in this way towards me. I carefully thought, don't dwell on this. Dwell instead on where there's been kindness, where there's been goodwill, where there's been renunciation. Ah, now the mind feels steady. One or apply this quality to breathing in and breathing out. Then the punya of those actions is made a hundred times stronger because it's now gone right into the core of the body and right into the basis of the mind. And this is how powerful transformations can occur. Not superficial, not things that just... Um, last for five minutes or that stop when you finish the retreat these transformations can change your life uh, and you might you know spend two or three days cultivating and you'll have found something a medicine that turns your mind around and it will transform your life and it won't it will stay that way if you go deep enough this is the power and the possibility of a period of uh, committed practice for sure, when we do committed practice, then we have the superficial difficulty, we have physical discomfort. Oh, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I can't stand it, another moment of pain. <laughs> and it's too cold, it's too cold, it's too cold, it's too hot, it's too hot, it's too cold, it's too hot. <laughs> just, you know, you just don't focus on that. <laughs> don't go into that. <laughs> just try to find the center of your body hold your body upright and really go to that and recognize 
yeah, you know, bodies experience pain. Is it manageable? Can you find a, a calm enough spot? If you can't do it sitting, then stand up. If you can't do it standing, walk up and down. You know, where nobody's we're not locking people to the floor. <laughs> so it's important to use the time. So just not get lost in these uh, uh, s- peripheral issues. Yeah. And... Uh, and then if you're still going to find it, then with the body I found myself, at first I couldn't still, sit still for 10 minutes. It was so difficult. And I found my body would be comfortable. And after a while at training, my body did get comfortable. And then it was the mind, which was worse. <laughs> I, mean, oh, this, I wish I had some body discomfort instead of this sense of depression, despair, misery, hopelessness. Where do you find the the happy spot in that? And they, well then, this is the the sickness is now coming out. Sickness of your unskillful life or your life not necessarily unskillful. Not that you've done anything deeply wrong. It's just you haven't done, you haven't really attended to the bright qualities because we got lost in the newspapers and the factory and the job and the shops and the yada yada, you know, they're all just useless, you know. <laughs> uh, bring yourself to this. This. Bring yourself to this. And uh, then <clears throat> you begin to clean out this foggy, uh, confused, uh, erratic mind state. So you deliberately introduce uh, qualities that, images, impressions that uplift and support and you sustain it. And you do it again. You fidget and wriggle around, okay, sit down and do it again. Do it again until your mind gets it and holds it and is held by it. Uh, Now, now we've got something. We've got one foot on the ground, on the true path. We've left the wrong path. We're on the true path with one foot. Now stay there till you get the other foot on it. Breathe it in, breathe it out. Feel it in your body. Bring it back to your mind. Dwell in the emotion. Stay with it, stay with it. And it will, it will take you to the safe place. That's where they go. That's where the skillful paths always go to the, to the skillful place. For you, for you. This is possible. So cultivate, you know, as we establish our place here, uh, cultivate, uh, recollect, uh, you know, consider with a heart of compassion the other beings who suffer. Consider with a heart of gratitude people who helped you and uh, you admire and, and give you inspiration. Uh, consider the sense of gladness how other other beings are uh, heirs to good karma consider the Buddha consider the enlightened one give them due thought this is our proper duty as disciples is to remember our master and stay with him anyone